You're listening to episode 112 of the Music Panor Mindset Podcast. It's time to stop the excuses and go after what you want, and I'll be right here with you. Let's get it. Hello, you're listening to episode 112, Music Panor Spotlight, LaToya Cooper. I'm your host, Suze, a mindset and productivity coach helping music professionals get clear on their goals, priorities, and next steps, all while decreasing overwhelm and avoiding burnout. Today's episode features A-list artist career strategist LaToya Cooper, also known as The Songstress. She is the founder of Music Meets the Boardroom, the number one platform for top A-list indie artist entrepreneurs. LaToya is a successful, self-sustained businesswoman sought after for her music business expertise and fresh direct approach. She has spent the past decade in the project management space and holds an MBA. She is a born visionary as well as an accomplished recording and touring artist and entrepreneuress. And she has been featured on Essence.com as the artist to watch. LaToya uses her extensive know-how to help indie artists shift their business model from surviving to thriving, leading with their superpower, nurturing their entrepreneurial traits, and building a career plan of action towards achieving their biggest career goals. She has a heart of gold, and I'm so happy to be able to share our talk with you today. Listen up, especially my female artists and musicpreneurs, because she dives into a topic that is not spoken about often enough in this industry, and she's got a brand new best-selling book to share with you and expand this important conversation. You can find links to purchase her new book in the show notes, therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP112, so be sure to check it out. But first, I bring you LaToya Cooper. LaToya, hello. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It is such an honor and privilege to be here with you and to be able to catch up and just to share. The excitement is all mine on this end. I told our audience a bit about you and everything that you have going on because you have an incredibly full plate and we're going to jam pack it all into this episode. But what I didn't share with them yet was really the only time we got to meet in person. I believe it was 2019 in Austin and we went out. I could have talked to you all the live long day. We went out for a wonderful dinner and it was just so refreshing and cool. We had never met before. We knew of each other on Instagram a little bit, but to be able to connect and everything that came out of your mouth, I was like, oh my, yes, yes, that's how I feel. (laughs) Like it was just so in sync. So I'm so glad we get to connect virtually again. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I am so excited about this conversation. What would you like our audience to know about you that's not covered in your bio? Maybe something that's not (laughs) Googleable. What would you like our audience to know about LaToya Cooper? Wow, that's a good question. What people don't know about me, but often people reference, I get the comment sometimes is like, LaToya, you work too hard. Mm. Or you're too focused on this, you're too focused on that. And what people don't really know is what appears to be my weakness is actually my strength. Mm. And it was built as a child. It was built in a space at a time where I was born with this fire and this ambition in my stomach and a message, right? And I didn't have a space and I didn't have the resources and I didn't have the support system to birth it and to bring it to light. And I didn't have anyone around me to teach me, but I was determined to not give up on myself and to start to break generational curses. And so every day in everything that I do is not only with the intention of helping other people, but to also help break curses and elements that are of struggle in my family and in my life. 
So when people say that to me, it just brushes off my shoulder because they don't understand what the mission is in my life and why it's important for me not to stop. Now, I'm not saying that it's okay to work so hard that you pass out. No, but to be focused Mm. and to not let up on whatever your mission is or intention because something didn't work out. You get back up, you dust yourself off and you figure out how to make it work. So I wanted to share that. A lot of people don't know that about me. I love that. Yeah. I'm sure I'll say this a few times in today's conversation. For those that can't see you as we're talking, you have this fire in your eyes. This passion just exudes off of you. And that's why I always love when we get to chat because I just feed off of your energy and I just truly appreciate it. So thank you so much for giving us that deeper insight into Latoya. So thank you. Thank you. One of the things that I'm most excited about and what I love about our connection is I remember when we sat for dinner, you and I both talked a lot about learning and serving and how those are just so much a part of what we do, just as people in general, but also entrepreneurs. So we're definitely going to get into that. I have a feeling the big theme here is going to be learning and serving. But one of the things that I'm always in awe about with coaches, you know, I'm not a musician, Nobody wants to hear me play. But what I always find so cool about coaches like yourself is that you're also a successful artist in your own right. So I really think it's awesome that you could keep all this knowledge to yourself. You could just be on your path, do it for you. But why take the time to help others? Serving, I know, is a big portion of it. But why take the time to educate other artists? When I started It was exactly what you mentioned. It was the learning part, right? And as you also know, I'm very spiritual and very spiritually connected. And so as I'm becoming this artist that I had been drawn to be and directed to be, I was just bombarded with so much information and I did not have anyone really to help me. Even though there's people that you can touch and you can call, it just seemed like no one could help me. No one understood the space I was in. And as I kind of got through my career, I said, why are we not sharing more? Why are we not sharing all of this rich information more? And throughout my journey, what I also learned, and this is very powerful, and I plan to share and extend this conversation more within the indie artist community, is not only sharing between as artists, but also sharing with people who are not artists so that they can understand our world. Because I think that there's, of course, a gap there. And what I find is when we sit down and talk to people who do not know what we do or understand our gifts and we break it down, it's like, whoa, it's a totally different perspective and a totally different level of respect beyond just listening to music and deciding whether they like it or not. Now, I had no intentions of becoming a indie artist development coach or strategist. That was not my goal. When I was younger, I always said that when I retire, I wanted to be a professor. And when I started college, I majored as a music teacher, but I let someone talk me out of it. Long story. That's another podcast. (laughs) But to answer your question, it just all kind of connected. And spiritually, I was drawn towards the teaching and sharing and the building component after some time when things became more clear for me. That's wonderful. I want to dig into Music Meets the Boardroom and your book that I've teased our audience about. So there's a lot to dig into. But a couple of weeks ago, we had Mike Myers on the podcast, and he talked about his journey into being a coach and what that meant for his music, too. And so how do you feel 
for all those artists out there that are thinking, as you said, there's so much information out there. And then to be able to be that person to help guide them through it. And you know how important that is because you've been there yourself. For all those artists that are thinking, well, maybe I can do that for other people, but they're scared about how it's going to affect them as a musician, what it's going to mean for their time. What would you say to somebody in terms of how coaching and being a strategist for other artists, how has that affected you as a musician? It has made me smarter. It has made me a better singer. It has made me a better artist. It has made me a better businesswoman. And as I have embraced this part of this experience, I see myself more as a businesswoman. I see myself more as a product, a service. I understand more of what I should be doing with my gift and what the tool has been given to me for. I have a clear perspective in that right that I didn't have before. Another thing that has been revealed to me is as artists, we are so tunnel visioned because we're on a mission, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of effort. We got to focus, but we're so tunnel visioned that we miss out on other opportunities, not only when it comes to revenue, but also to connect. And you see us out there where we're like, we want to grow our fan base. We want to have a deeper relationship with our fans and things like that. However, we only are focused on this one product when there's such a huge realm of opportunity to connect on a deeper level in other rich areas of our lives, because we are complex people. The way we think is just different. We're always in our head. And uh, there's so much opportunity that has been revealed to me as I've embraced this other part of myself. I love that. So you decided to start Music Meets the Boardroom. It's an incredible top-notch resource for indie artists who are serious about building and growing their career. You have memberships. You have a podcast, which I had the honor of being on. You do one-on-one coaching and development, not only for artists, but also for indie labels and their roster of artists. Tell us a bit more about what excites you to build all these resources. You offer a lot, plus your own artistry and your own journey. So to be able to offer all of this, what excites you about being able to help these artists? Why offer these services in particular? Give us a a little bit more of a background on that. There are several components that are happening and they all complement each other and they all Mm -hmm. offer something uniquely different. I will say this as a learning entrepreneur, I just hired someone to revamp my website copy so that the language will be even more clear and direct in that regard. However, at the end of the day, when I'm working with an artist, what just fires me up is when I see the artist walk away so empowered, owning Mm. their power and seeing the full potential and open possibilities for themselves beyond one avenue or beyond what someone else can do or offer for them. They see their own capabilities and what they can create for themselves and what that looks like from a long-term perspective. I love that. I also love when I see artists who take initiative towards owning their intellectual property. What artists have is a built-in intellectual property. That's what it is that can produce over and over and over again. And we tend, and we're also often conditioned to just give it away Mm -hmm. so other people can become rich. And part of my mission is to change that. When I see artists where that light bulb comes on, they're like, whoa, I need to make sure I'm copywriting all of my music 
I need to make sure that I am trademarking my brand that is growing. I need to go in and purchase all of my URLs. I need to block all of my social media handles. When they start to protect what they own and understand what it is they have, I am just happy. (laughs) You know, I personally don't benefit from that. But what I love is the fact that they're creating legacy Mm. and that they actually see value in what they hold. Yeah. Because being born with a gift is a beautiful thing and it is a beautiful value. And people know that, right? These big platforms, they know this. They're making tons of millions and billions of dollars off your gift. They know what you hold and so should you. Right. I love that so much. It's so important. You guys can't see her right now, but you literally glow as you talk about it. Like you're just so impassioned by helping other artists. And that's why I felt like we connected so well when we met. People can work one-on-one with you. I highly suggest that they do because you're going to get a crash course and what it really means to build a true business as a musician. But for those that might be a little new to the coaching world, or if they don't really have it in their budget, or they're just kind of getting their feet wet, what can you tell us about your membership? because I was reading up about it and it just sounds so jam-packed full of value. What can people expect from spending a year in your membership program? Thank you for that question because I think oftentimes, and it's, it's not just an artist thing, it's, it's a people thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. we are hesitant about those type of commitments. What is so unique about our membership program is three components. One is they're going to get the opportunity to be walked through how to effectively release music so that it is positioned to grow and to show up and to produce for them. Two, they're going to learn strategies on how to build out their business with passive income opportunities for themselves. And in that membership, they'll have an opportunity to work with experts once a month. They'll get just a 30-minute opportunity to ask questions and then go off and do the work. With Music Music Boardroom, one thing that is so important within our organization and platform is that we want to work with artists who are moving in action. Mm. So if you are just talking and you ain't moving, (laughs) we are not the place for you. Yep. Because I'm about results. Mm. So that's what they're going to get. And after a year of that commitment, they're going to have a solid business structure. They're going to understand their business structure. They're going to move as the CEO that they are born to be. They're going to have an idea of the passive income streams that they want to tackle and have a plan on how to grow those. And they're going to have music to share. It's so incredible. The links to all of that are in the show notes for everybody to check out because I really love what you're building here. And it's such a needed service. And I remember again, going back to that dinner, you know, we were both just jumping out of our chairs talking about the fact that you got to think like a CEO. This is a career. This is not not just about one gig. And one of the things that I love, I love listening to your podcast. And one of the things you said on your podcast about music meets the boardroom is that you prepare them for the long journey. You say that that this is not just about being great at what you do. I loved that because I think so many, and not to hate on other people, I think their intentions are good, but they focus just on helping artists be great at what they do, but they don't focus on the journey. So can you tell us more about why that mattered to you? It matters to me because I am so tired of seeing artists who have invested their whole lives into their gift, their craft, their journey, to only walk away with nothing. And a perfect example would be just recently Anita Baker. I'm not for sure if you're familiar with her, but a brilliant musician 
who has created timeless music. And it's not just her situation. It's other artists who are in very similar situations. She was signed to a label for X amount of years and she signed over all of the copyrights, the masters to her music. And after 35 years, at the end of the agreement, she's supposed to be able to possibly get that back. And it's been a struggle to get that back. And to me, I'm just like, her family is not reaping the benefits of her hard work. Mm. The investors' children are reaping the benefits of her hard work. And so it's important that we just don't give it all away and to keep in mind that it is a long-term journey. It is not just about that one-hit wonder. It is not just about you know, the number of followers you get in one day or the number of streams you get in one day. It is a full-out journey and process, just like any other career. Any other career, it is exactly the same. Absolutely. And what does that mean for you as an artist? You had said before that coaching other artists makes you a smarter artist, makes you a smarter businesswoman and helps propel you for that. We've talked about what you want to accomplish as a coach. What would you love to accomplish that maybe you haven't yet as an artist for your fans and for that audience? Thank you for asking that question because I still have goals and visions as an artist. There are two things that are the most important to me right now. One is I would love to win a Grammy and it's on my vision board. I have a picture of Beyonce on my vision board holding like 1,800 Grammys. But what I did was I took my face and put it over over Beyonce's picture. I'm like, I'm claiming this, you know? And I also would love to have a residency in a beautiful establishment. And I have a picture of a beautiful theater with suede curtains and beautiful plush seats for the guests. And I'm like, this would be my dream. Not necessarily to travel all over, but to have a nice, beautiful residency that people come to throughout the year and can experience the art that I offer. So those are two things that are dreams of mine as an artist. I have goosebumps right now because I want listeners to notice two things right there. Number one, how specific your vision is. Like we talk so much on this podcast about the importance of having a vision and I can already see it for you. And I love on your vision board that you put your face on it because it is important. You're going to be looking at it every day. Yes, to everyone sitting at home that's on vision boards, get more specific with yours. Take a look at the one you have now and go back and make it more specific because that is what motivates us. And that's when we know the right opportunities are crossing our path and to take them. And the other thing I love so much about it too, is that you have defined specifically what success means to you. As you just said, it's not touring around the whole world. It's a very specific goal of what would feel good to you. And you're not trying to shape it into what people might want to tell you is successful because you can certainly have a very successful career doing a residency and being in one place and having people come to you. It is very much a strategy that works. And it's very cool that you've decided, no, that's what works for me. So I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And it helped by touring to realize that, hey, you know what? The life that Britney Spears and Jennifer Lopez has looks very glamorous, Mm. but you have to have a lot of stamina to be able to travel the world and wake up in different time zones every day. Right. It is exhausting. Right. It it just is. (laughs) And I don't want to do that anymore anyway. (laughs) And I'm sure there are ebb and flows to this. I mean, I know life gets crazy, but how do you, and maybe going back also to when we spoke about maybe other artists who are possibly thinking about getting into coaching, 
How do you make sure that the artist in you doesn't disappear? I know your work inspires you, but how do you make sure that you don't fade into the background as you push everybody else into the forefront? That is a question that I have asked myself as well. One thing that I try to do regularly is just to sing, just to mm-hmm. keep making sure my voice is staying conditioned. I have an area in my home set up as an area to sing and with microphones and lights and things like that. I also studio record with other artists as well. So I do try to stay in tune in that area. Do I struggle with that? Yes, I do. And I am aware of it. And I try Mm -hmm. to kind of check myself because I don't want to lose myself as an artist because that is the foundation of what everything is. And also I have to continue to do so I fully understand the experience as an artist as it evolves. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important. And thank you for sharing that honesty, because it is a struggle. And I've seen it with other people that it does take those moments to sit and reflect and say, well, wait a minute, who am I? Because just as you said that your coaching informs your artistry, your artistry very much, I'm sure, informs your coaching and the way you help artists develop. And to me, nothing is more apparent than the work and the blood and the sweat and the tears you've put into your latest book that just came out this week. I am so pumped for it. The Simple Methods for Smarter Decisions, Safety Resources for Female Recording Artists. I am so stoked about this. Everybody, especially my female musicians out there, go grab this book. The link is in the show notes. I have a couple of notes. I want to dig into some chapters in the book, but can you just give us an overall about what prompted you to write this and how your own experiences influenced the writing of this book? Yes, (laughs) because my own experiences were triggered by the continuous witnessing of things that were happening to women in music. And it brought me back to my personal experiences and it brought me back to the conversations I had with other women who were in music. And I'm just like, why are we not talking about this more? Why are we waiting until women have gone through these horrible experiences to have a conversation? Why are we not talking about this more? And my goal with this book is for it to create and to continue a meaningful conversation. And for us as artists and people working in the creative space is to get into the habit and to share more. And I know that there's elements that influence that, right? And we can definitely talk about that. But to share more with those that are coming behind us because they need the information and it's time to start minimizing the cycles as much as we possibly can. Yeah, I'm so glad that this book is out there because, you know, the Me Too movement technically started back in 2007. Thank you, Tarana Burke. And then finally came to the mainstream in 2017. But the music industry, I've talked about this with a lot of my other female colleagues, has kind of skirted on by. (laughs) Like other industries have been called out. I love that you call this a safety resource because there's a lot that we kind of go into this industry blinded by or we have blind spots to. And the fact that you are putting all of this out there to not so much that it's like a Me Too memoir by any means, but that you're helping females say, hey, keep keep an eye out. You've got the first chapter after the introduction, the power of your gift. I love that you bring spirituality into it and talk about not just their talents, but what else they bring to the table. But you also hit upon, I love the name of this chapter, the ugly truth, the male groupie. 
And I really want to dig into that one, but just shining a light on things that not everybody in the music industry experiences. Sometimes it's just very specific to the females in the industry and to speak up about that because yeah, I think the industry kind of skated past this whole movement. We've heard it in film and TV and in other areas, but it hasn't really stuck in the music industry. And so thank you for being a voice to help prepare female artists, no matter what age, if they're entering this music industry or if they're in it and they are getting to the next level of what to look out for and how to really stand in their own power. I just thank you for writing this. It's such an important piece. Thank you. I definitely wanted to bring to light of course, this conversation in terms of the music industry in general, but also most importantly, for those that don't have a platform to share their voice, you know, because Mm -hmm. the things that happen don't just happen at the highest level of like Kesha, right? Mm -hmm. It happens at all levels. It begins at the beginning level. And that's why you see oftentimes where you see the best artists and something happens and they never get past a certain point or they walk away from their dream because of their experiences and things like that. There are other people who are experiencing similar things and we can help each other and support each other. And I think as women that it's time for us. I know there's fear, there's backlash, there's all these things. At some point, I guess you get to a point where you kind of don't care about that anymore. And I think that's where I am. I don't care because I want to stand in my truth Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be silenced anymore. I'm tired of being silenced. That was part of the reason why I left my job. I don't know if you know, but I just left a six-figure job like five months ago. And part of it was because I knew something was uneasy, Mm -hmm. but I could not put my finger on it. And something happened one day where I said, oh, they want me to be seen and not heard. Mm. I was having a struggle with contribution. I had so much to offer to the space, but I felt like I couldn't share. I was, and then eventually something revealed itself to me. Latoya, we want you here, but we don't want you to say anything. Mm. We don't want you to really make a difference. You know how often sometimes as women, if you offer something of value, it maybe makes somebody uncomfortable in the space, but that's not your intention. Your intention is just to enrich the space. And I realized in order for me to be able to show up fully in the world, I had to walk away. Mm. And I said, there you go. You can have it. You can have it. This is just the beginning. And so going back to the book in relationship to what you're saying is, I think as we learn more as women, just the social structures and conditionings that we face and experience, we will find our voice and we'll find more power and comfort in not giving a fuck. Seriously. Yeah, 100%. And you know, that's always also a reason why I always love the name of your company, Music Meets the Boardroom. Because there was something about the word boardroom, like you didn't just say meet the business. There's just something so powerful and badass about the boardroom. And the fact of the matter is many females and people of color are kept out of the boardroom. And Mm -hmm. there's just something so empowering about the name of your business and to then also come out with a book to empower females to not just protect themselves, although it is a great resource to give them a heads up, but to also stand in their power, as you said, and just own it. Just stop giving the fucks and own it as you have. And I just love it so much. And one of the other things is that it's not just a book, although it is incredibly well done and you learn so much from it, but it's also a workbook. There are guided questions and spots for people to reflect. What made you do it that way? Why not just purge onto the page everything you wanted to share? Why include those reflective areas? 
because I wanted the reader to take a moment and actually apply what they had read in real time. You know, you can read a great book, right? And you kind of forget little things along the way. But if you get the hardcore components that you need the most, right? You don't need a lot of fluff. Get me to the point. Have a busy life and break down what it is that I need to address and put into place so that I can move forward powerfully. So that is what was behind that idea. I love it. I got to hit upon the male groupie. (laughs) What inspired you to include this? It's so good, but just shine a light on why include a section on the male groupie. The male groupie. Oh my goodness. I was not ready for the male groupie in my young, beautiful days. You know, being an artist, we're already in our head and we can see things more extensively usually as just like the average human being because of how we process information in our heads. And so I would find myself in these situations and I didn't understand why particular men were doing certain things. And when I start breaking stuff down, I'm just like, this is a male groupie, but they move so different. They move so different. And I see this with artists a lot. I'll see a woman artist will end up marrying someone who started out as a fan and they see those dollar signs and they see your full potential. You think you're in love, but this person also sees what you can do for them. And I personally have been in that situation where I didn't see the situation or the quote love for what it was. Mm -hmm. This person saw money signs around me. They were going to work me. They were going to keep me booked, which sounds great as an artist because you've got this wonderful support system. However, if the person has your best interest in mind, wonderful. But if they don't, there's other things that often take place. And it's common. You hear the stories. They can become abusive. They can isolate. They can manipulate, especially if you are an empath, which a lot of artists often are, find themselves connected with narcissists, which that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. (laughs) And so we have to be mindful of how this particular person shows up in our lives. They're a lot different than the female groupie, right? Who's like, oh my gosh, you know, we know who she is. She's smiling. She got a lipstick and a heels. It's zero degrees outside and she got open toe shoes. You know what I mean? Like we know who she is. She's obvious. Her goal is pretty obvious. But the male groupie is very strategic about how he works. Sometimes he'll offer you things Mm. like, oh, I'm a photographer. I'll do pictures for you for free. And if you are a artist who doesn't have a lot of money and you need someone, you're going to take the bait because how could someone do something so wonderful for me? It doesn't mean that you shouldn't explore the opportunity, but ask questions. Mm -hmm. Just ask questions and listen to your intuition and your inner voice throughout the process. And it goes back to the conversation of the power of your gift. And making sure that you are spiritually connected in whatever right that may look for you so that you can have a guide throughout this process that's going to keep you covered and protected and keep those elements away from you that are not wishing you well. Because as I mentioned in the book, a star is a star at every element and every stage of development and people see it. And I got to say, though, just getting back to when you had said, we know what the female groupie looks like. When you get to this (laughs) chapter in the book, I was cracking up because number one, I was like, she nails this and it needs to be talked about more. But also it read like watching a National Geographic documentary where it's like, we see the male groupie. (laughs) 
The male groupie shows these features. Now the female groupie exhibits these, but what we don't know is the male species of this. this, Like it just, I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, this is so on point. And it needs to be like its own environmental documentary. In the introduction, you say, share your story with as many female artists who will listen. Do not wait until after a negative experience. Share the lessons you have learned throughout your journey. That to me was such a powerful statement. And that's exactly what you're doing with this book. I read this book and I just thought every female who plans on building a career in this industry, whether you are a recording artist or any other area in the business, this is your big sister, your mentor, your best friend, little handbook to keep by your side so that when the gaslighting happens or when the denials happen, or just simply when no one's talking about it because we just don't. It's a book for you to learn from and it's a book for you to reflect and learn from yourself about. And so I can't recommend this enough. All the male musicians out there, get them for your fellow female colleagues out there. Don't even wait for the holidays. It's summer. Let's celebrate and let's get out there and support one another. Things will be opening back up. Venues will be opening back up. And we've got to look out for one another because this stuff is real. And as you said, no one's talking about it. So thank you for talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I think there's opportunity, and this is an idea for someone who's listening, there's opportunity for a book like this for men Mm -hmm. that's in the industry because it's not just women who are facing these type of situations. There are young boys, there are men, Mm -hmm. and that is a secret within itself. But we know that it happens. You know, it does reveal itself in some components. And young men, and boys, they need to have strategies to keep themselves protected as they walk their journey as well. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, I'm sure people have just been incredibly inspired and touched by this conversation and by the things that you've shared. What is the best way for them to connect with you, work with you, learn all of the things? What can they go do besides ordering your book? Which again, guys, go to the show notes, grab a copy of her book, Simple Methods, Smarter Decisions, Safety Resource for Female Recording Artists. Go get that, but then go do yourself a favor and connect with LaToya. LaToya, how can they do that? The best way to connect with us is to send us an email at contact at musicmeetstheboardroom.com. And the best way to get content and information around what we're talking about today is join our email list and then also take some time and listen to our podcast. I share a lot through the podcast. That's where artists are going to get the most in-depth conversation outside of being involved in our conference membership or working closely together. I drop gems on that podcast. Yes, you do. (laughs) I can attest to that. Yes, and be sure to sign up for her newsletter as well. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. They've already learned an incredible amount. And the fact that there's still more to learn from here is just awesome. So thank you for sharing your knowledge and spending time with us today. Awesome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for allowing me to share this new book with your platform and your audience. Fantastic. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, she certainly left you with a lot of resources there and you can find them all in the show notes page. Head on over to therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP112 to access her mailing list, services, and brand new best-selling book. While you're there, be sure to scroll to the bottom and leave a comment. What resonated with you the most about LaToya's story? What are your thoughts on male groupies versus female groupies? How do you plan on serving and showing up for your community? We want to hear it all.
We've got two episodes left of Season 4 before we take a brief hiatus and come back with Season 5 this fall. If you missed what's in store for Season 5, as there will be some changes in the season to come, check out last week's episode 111 for more details. Until next time, Rockstar, keep planning, keep learning, and I hope to see you back here next week so we can get grounded to get rising. Take care.